Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Talk for today, Wednesday, February 2nd, 2011. It's 6 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. Welcome, everybody, listening to the new time slot at 6 p.m. and the new format, half an hour. As you know, I'll take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru on Twitter, and I'll read them live on the show. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. If you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, the videos, the articles, and the TV shows I'm currently a part of. By the way, all my wine articles are now available on smart, any smartphone. Just download the Hello Vino app, and you can take my wine reviews and articles with you anywhere you go. I want all my listeners to please make note and remember that as of today, February 2nd, 2011, my show will start at 6 p.m. Eastern instead of 7 Please make note of this so you don't miss it. Also, one other very important note, the show will go from one hour now to 30 minutes. This is also an important note so that you don't miss anything and come in after the show is over. Tonight, I'm lucky to have a great winemaker from California. He's been in the business for many years and a former New Yorker like me. Hey, Brooklyn's in the house. The name of the great wine company he works for is ZD Wines. His name is Chris Pisani. 
and he'll be joining us shortly. Of course, the number to call in, 1646-381-4860, or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions to info at stewthewineguru.com, or tweet me your questions to stewthewineguru on Twitter. I'll read them live here on the show. As always, I've opened up a chat room for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of me or Chris, and I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show to get answers for you. Some show notes. I'll be a guest on the Emmy Award-winning PBS show, Check Please, South Florida. I'll be kicking off its fifth season. The show airs February 21st, so fire up your DVR for that. We'll also do a guest spot on the hit CNBC World show, Wine Portfolio, with host Jody Ness. The show is taking on the Miami wine and food scene. And during the taping of my episode, I showed them around Miami, took them to the best places, and we discussed my radio show and the wine industry. The taping was in November, and the show will air in February this month. So check your local listings for that. I really cannot wait for you guys to see all the shows that I'm currently a part of. For all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending, so you can meet up with me like my Twiples do on Twitter and did at the Key West Wine Food Festival, February 24th through the 27th, I'll be covering the 10th Annual Food Network South Beach Wine and Food Festival. It's been a decade. It's amazing, I have to tell you. You have to check this out. It's got all the cool chefs. My friends, Chef Adrian Calvo and Chef Michelle Bernstein, Bobby Flay, Rachel Ray, Rocco Despirito, all the who's who of the wine industry. And, of course, I'll be there covering the, all the action, so come say hi. March 18th through the 20th, I'll be reporting on the Boca Bacanal wine event. They have great wine dinners, a wine auction, and a grand tasting that you do not want to miss. So there's a lot of good stuff happening in the first few months of the year down here in Florida. And that's the schedule so far, so keep listening here, and I'll keep you posted. Listen up, all Anthony Bourdain fans, as I am one of them, living in South Florida, February 15th for one night only. He'll be appearing at the Coral Springs Center for the Arts, my hometown. Go to my website for the information on it, www.stewthewineguru.com, and you can find out about getting tickets and all that good stuff. Don't miss Anthony Bourdain if you're a fan like I am. Remember, if you have any questions, I have answers. So call me at 1646-381-4860 or email me at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can get to the chat room and voice your opinion or get in Twitter and tweet me some questions as well. And I'll make sure that we read them live here. So let me make sure that everyone listening knows Chris's website. You can go there for more information about his great wines. To learn more about Chris Pisani and ZD Wines, go to www.zdwines.com and find out where you can buy his wines locally in your town or buy them directly from ZD Wines. As I've always said, that's the beauty of the Internet. You can sip some wine while you buy some wine. So, without further wait, let me bring on the man of the evening, my guest, Chris Bassani. Chris, how are you? Hey, how's it going, Stu? Uh, It's going fantastic. I have to tell you, I'm not in the upper northern quadrant of the U.S. right now, so I'm very, very happy. <laughs> yeah, you're very lucky. In fact, I'm sitting looking out my window right now, and we've got a cloudless sky, about 71 degrees, just absolutely beautiful out here in Napa Valley. 
So I will say to you, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're the only ones, my friend. It's a very small club. That's right. Uh, so I want to let you know how it works here with the show. Basically, uh, you know, I have questions for you, and we, you know, now that the show's gone to the new format, uh, an hour earlier and 30 minutes, it's action-packed and very, very tight-knit. So um, I'll have some questions for you. I'll have some questions potentially from the uh, the chat room, some questions that are emailed, and some questions that are tweeted in for you. So I'll just get right to it. So okay, sounds you grew great. up in Brooklyn. You grew up in Brooklyn. What part? Yeah, well, I was actually born. I didn't really grow up in Brooklyn. I, you know, the marketing departments these wineries love to stretch things a little bit. But I was I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was born in Brooklyn, a Brooklyn Jewish hospital, and um, right. lived there until I was about um, five years old, and then Got lived it. in Queens for a little bit. And I grew up mostly in okay. Newburgh, New York, which is about fifty miles north of the of the city. Yeah, Orange County, Hudson River Valley, great well. little wine country there. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I was going to say because. Uh, it's amazing to think, you know, I, I hear Brooklyn, and of course I think I used to live in Sheepshead Bay, you know, for a bit, and Queens, in Regal Park for a bit, you know. So I definitely can relate to the moving around in New York. And then Rockland County, so I know where Newburgh is. I'm very yeah, familiar okay, with it, uh, living in Rockland. And uh, parents lived in Orange for many, many years, so in, uh, uh, I'm trying to think right, oh, Central Valley. Anyway. Oh, yeah, okay. And that's about me. Let's talk about me, Chris. Uh, it's my show. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you did your family make wine while you were growing up? Um, no, you know, there's always the old story. You know, I grew up in a big Italian family, East Coast. I mean, sure. tons of you know, tons of relatives. Wine always on the table, and there's always that story that I think probably many Italian Americans share of the you know grandfather or uncle that made the attempt in the in the back closet, you know, and great right. stories about the exploding bottles. But no, I mean, there really wasn't any formal formal winemaking in, in my family, okay. you know. But, you know, growing gotcha. up again on the East Coast with, you know, big, you know, four-hour meals on the holidays, I mean, it was it was hard to um, hard to stay away from the wine. And, of course, living in the Hudson River Valley, there were plenty of opportunities, you know, to taste great wines from that region, too. Oh, sure, sure. And that was before it really was anything, you know, before, yep. was, you know, New York was known for really any wine whatsoever. Um, formally, I should say. So... Let me let me grab a, a tweeted question because they're coming in. That's coming in, and I got email questions too. So the first uh, tweeted question is from Leslie B of Sonoma County, and it says, "Let's see, um, ask. Let's see. Let me just read this right. Uh, ask him about his the social media, uh, what it means to your brand. Yeah. Okay. So Leslie um, B of Sonoma County, what is social media mean to your brand? That's her question. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you'd be, you'd have to be living in a cave to say that it wasn't important these days. Um, you know, obviously we pay very close attention to it. You know, our marketing department is all over it. In fact, unfortunately we're losing our um, in-house social media person at the end of this week, which has kind of caused a bit of a ruckus because all of a sudden everybody's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, we got to make sure we get the passwords from her, this and that. But yeah, I mean, it's, I would say it's very important <laughs> to us. I mean, obviously we've got a very well-established wine club that um, is very active on it. We keep, you know, we keep it at, as updated as we can, like we're doing some bottling today, and um, hopefully there's some posts on there with some some good pictures. I saw um, Elise, our marketing person, down at the bottling line earlier today, and so yeah, I would say you know obviously very important, something that we're paying attention to, and you know I think with with us having to hire a new person now, I think we'll be looking even harder at um, you know the kind of effort that we're putting into it. Sure, sure, uh, and 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 it is. I'm noticing it's not just you know she was putting it like. Um, 
Leslie, I should say, uh, was putting it as it's always interesting to see impact on smaller wineries, smaller, you know, I guess companies. But in in essence, it really impacts everybody, and so oh, you have to be yeah. kind of like up I on said, your game. You, yeah, you you have to be paying attention to that these days. There's just no doubt about Most it. The younger generation is, you know, they're all over it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I say you you say the younger generation is so, so wild when I think about it. You know, I, it wasn't that long ago either of us were part of the younger generation. <laughs> I it's like you turn around, you have I'm to say the same younger, boat. <laughs> yeah, you start saying the younger generation. You say, "Did I just say that?" Um, <laughs> let me let me grab some email questions here for you, Chris. Okay, so the first one here is uh, from let's see. First one is from, let me see if I can read this right. Oh, uh, Bevida, forty-one from Malaga, Spain. Malaga, Malaga, Spain. Because I said Malaga, it's Malaga. Uh, hey Stu, glad I remembered you are now on one hour earlier. I really enjoy your show. My question for Chris is: Are there new viticultural techniques that can be applied to the vine to make better wine, or are we still tending it, attending to it the same way we always have? Interesting. Thanks, and I look forward to your oh your wine portfolio show, and and I'm going to watch. Okay, thank, well first of all, thank you, Bavita, forty one, from uh, Malaga, Spain. And uh, Chris, you want to field that question? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, I mean, the easy, quick answer, and again, you know, we could spend we could spend a lot of time on this, is that I think, you know, there's always things that that are um, worth trying. There's always a lot of new knowledge coming out. There's there's a lot of people that are willing to be innovative, and. Um, yeah, I mean, the short answer is absolutely. I mean, I'll give you a, a brief example of um, one in our neck of the woods, in fact, from our own ZD um, State Vineyard in the Carneros. Um, quickly, you know, the Carneros is the southern part of the valley, cool, little bit of a maritime climate. We've got the San Pablo Bay there. And you'd think, being as close to water as we are, that we'd have this, you know, unlimited supply of it. Well, it turns out that the area is very, very, um, very difficult to get water from. And so we purchased the vineyard. Um, there in 1996, knowing that we were going to have trouble get water, and soon realized that we basically had no water, and you know it, we basically had to adapt. And so uh, we dry farm Pinot Noir and Chardonnay there, and you know we we've been doing it for at least 10 years now. People, when we first started, were like, "You're insane! You got to be kidding me! How could you even think about dry farming it?" And yet, you know, we've been producing our um, estate reserve Pinot Noir out of there, and it's made outstanding wines for you know 10 years in a row, and so. You know, again, there's there's always something. I mean, we pay a lot of attention in the vineyard. Our vineyard manager, Rafael Yamas, who has been managing that property for over 35 years, knows every vine. I mean, he probably has a name for every vine on the property. And, you yeah. know, we we rely on his expertise a lot. When he comes to us and he's got a look of consternation on his face or he's got a big grin on his face, we know, you know, we know what to expect. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so moving on. Thank you. Uh, let me say again. Thank you to Bavita41 uh, for your question. Next one is from, um, boy, I tell you, these names are unbelievable. Um, Magali Pierre from Newport, Rhode Island. It says, Stu, I've been listening for the past month, and you get great guests. I have not tried ZD wines, but want to. Can Chris suggest where I can find them in Rhode Island? Thanks. Okay, well, Magali Pierre from Newport, Rhode Island. Thank you for your question. Ooh. And Chris? Boy, that's... Those are the questions you never want to ask the winemaker because he never <laughs> answers for exact. Tell, you, to tell, the website, tell him right? to shoot me an email, and I'll make sure that I'll give him a full list of, of our spots in, in Rhode Island. I do know that we're definitely well well represented there. In fact, two of our um, 
salespeople from the winery are out traveling on the East Coast. I'm, I'm assuming they made it out there yesterday. But sure. um, have him shoot me an email, no problem, and I'll I'll, I'll get him. Okay, no problem, no problem. Um, let's see. Next one is from Wine Snake from Ithaca, New York. It says, Stu, you are lucky enough to be in probably the only place in the U.S. that is not involved with snow. Yes, I know this. <laughs> I wish I was there. My question for Chris is, when do you know the exact time to harvest grapes? Thanks and cheers. Interesting. Thank ah. you, Wine Snake from Ithaca, New York. Okay, Wine Snake wants to know the holy grail of winemaking right there with that with that question. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's if you ask I'll I'll tell you, I mean, if you ask 10 winemakers, you'll probably get 10 different answers. I mean, I could tell you, you know, my answer, I mean, you got to know your vineyard, you got to be paying attention to the weather. Hopefully, you've been out in that vineyard a lot during the growing season and you've had some input in terms of what's been done in terms of the canopy management, irrigation, you know, all that stuff is going to help you out that last critical, you know, 10 days before harvest. Um, obviously going out and sampling, whether it be via tasting, which I think is very important, but I don't um, ever discount, you know, doing a little bit of uh, analysis in the lab, looking at the acidity, looking at the sugar, all those things. You know, I always am amazed by winemakers that, you know, tell you that, oh, we forget the refractometer, we don't care about sugar, we don't care about sugar. Well, you know, nowadays you really, you got to pay attention to sugar. There's no no doubt about it. There's a huge backlash against, you know, some of these 15-5 alcohol Chardonnays coming out. And so right. you know, we definitely pay attention to that. And then, you know, there's a little bit of hocus-pocus in there too. I mean, we spend a lot of time as winemakers on AccuWeather, the, you know, the week before. We don't, we generally don't sleep. Uh, we tend to drink a lot of beer and, um, <laughs> you know, it's a very big decision, and it's one we don't take lightly. And so, yeah, I mean, we we like to put as much information together as possible. Gotcha. Well, I like that. That was a good answer, definitely. Um, Dawn Catherine on tweets, uh, I think she's from Italy. It says, Stu, for Chris, what does he think the most effective way that he can brand his wine to set him apart from competition? Okay. It's Dawn Catherine. Okay. Wow, these are these are great questions. Um, well, you know, coming from, I mean, VD Wines, we've we've been around for 40 years, and so, you know, I'm coming from a little bit of a different scenario. I mean, for us, we have, you know, a very well-established brand. We're small, and, you know, the, the family, the Delors family is has been committed to quality wines from day one. I mean, I could go on and on about how, you know, we'll do a blind tasting with, you know, wines that we've made. If there's something that doesn't work and we don't like, I mean, we could, we dump it on the bulk market at a very, sometimes very significant loss. I mean, that's that's the, the way we pay attention. And so, I mean, to to a new brand, you know, without, you know, experience on that front, I would say, I mean, obviously nowadays the consumer is hugely educated and, you know, if you are going to put your time and effort into making, let's just say, a $50 Cabernet, you had better be making a $50 Cabernet. I mean, the, the consumer's education, and this, again, probably goes back to all of the information that's out there. Americans are drinking more wine. You know, you, I would say you, you better make your product your first thing. Forget marketing. Forget all of your other stuff. I mean, granted, a good story is nice, but you better make a great wine. I mean, that's, that, that's where it's at today. You know, I mean, you got we have the Argentinians, Chileans breathing down our back in terms of wine quality, and I mean, sure. you always have to you always have to be thinking of stepping up the game, and that's you know, hopefully that's what we do here at, at VD. You know, we're we're always we're open to. I mean, we we were founded by two aerospace engineers that were both, you know, really forward thinkers, and you know, we try to you know, not be afraid of of doing something out of the ordinary, and you know, make the best wines possible. 
Right. Now, was it Zipponi and uh, Deleuze, or was it is it uh, zero defect? Yeah, you got them both. Yeah, so it's yes and yes. Yeah, so so Gino Zipponi <laughs> and Norman Deleuze were the two. They were the two founders, and um, they worked at a company called Aerojet out in Sacramento here in California, and um, they worked on you know designing rocket engines. This was the you know late sixties. Um, Brett, our president, always likes to say they were chasing Sputnik. But, of course, you know, like many great wine stories, they had a passion for wine, and, you know, they begged their wives for, I think it was $3,000, the story goes, to, you know, basically sure. um, jump into their passion. And they, you know, I always like to say they guys were, you know, real forward thinkers, true garageistas of their day. You know, I hear that term a lot. And, you know, I look back at a lot of the photos from the early days of ZD, and, boy, you know, you've got to see some of the stuff. It's great. I mean, they, they built the equipment. I mean, it's, you know, fan- fantastic. I love that term. Did you say garageista? Garageista, yeah. I love it. <laughs> That's great. I'm adopting that one. I'm going to use right. it. Thank you. Um, the next one is from, let's see. Uh, I'm going to see if I get this right. It's either going to be Decor Rosé or Decor Rose from Nice, France. I'm going to say it's probably Decor Rosé from Nice, right, France. You've got quite, a, says, um, quite an audience. Wow, you've got all corners <laughs> of the world here. <laughs> yeah, today. That's great. Uh, believe me, Sometimes I get them, you know, New Delhi and Jakarta, but uh, today is Nice, France, and 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 the uh, winter um, beautiful place of Ithaca, New York, right now. Um, anyway, she says, let's see. Um, I I hope it's a she. I'm sorry if I I don't want to insult anybody, but Decor Rose says, Stu, your show is very well done. I normally listen to the archive shows. This is my first time emailing you. Please ask Mr. Pisani. Wow, she's calling Mr. Pisani. <laughs> if he finds any one varietal more difficult to work with than others. Thanks, and I hope you ask my question. Well, Decor Rose <laughs> from Nice, France, I did. So, Chris? Okay, yeah. I mean, probably, I think for me, that's an easy one. I mean, probably, and we work with quite a few varietals here. I mean, we, we do focus on the kind of the big three for Napa in terms of Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Cabernet, but we do play around with a lot of different varietals. And I will say that probably Pinot Noir gets the hands-down um, prize for being the most most fickle and just you know briefly it's the it's the most susceptible to the things you do in the vineyard in terms of how you load the crop on the vines in terms of how you um, get sunlight to the to the to the grapes and this is you know again just starting in the vineyard once it's in the winery it really needs gentle attention i mean you know big nasty pumps and lots of movement and tons of racking you know, I hear some of the stuff that goes on with Pinot Noir and larger wineries sometimes, and I think, oh, my God, what are these guys doing? But it really, you know, it takes a very, very gentle hand. I mean, it, um, just getting it to hold on to its, its color is a challenge at times. However, as many of your listeners probably know and you know, the payoff on Pinot Noir is just absolutely amazing. I mean, when it's done right, I, I think that they make some of the, you know, it makes some of the most sublime wines in the world. I agree, and and I'm a big Pinot Noir fan, so I can tell you that, uh, in fact, yeah, it is. Uh, And it's probably one of the most versatile wines because, obviously, there's things you can do with it, like make champagne, uh, you know, whereas you can't do that with other other grapes and, you know, red grapes and so forth. Um, Okay, so I'm going to, since we're going to be, you know, coming down to the last few minutes of the show, I want to ask a few questions here. Um, Personally, myself. So, when you're not making wine for out there for the listeners listening worldwide, what is your hobby? What are you doing to relax? Oh, let's see. Well, I've got um, I've got a great family. I've got two kids. I got an 11 year old and a seven year old boy and girl in that order that keep mm-hmm. me very busy. 
Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, I took up sailing, of all things. I hit, oh, nice. I hit 40. I hit 40, and um, I basically felt like, well, I need some nice, expensive hobby to uh, to keep me busy. And so, <laughs> luckily, I live right very close to one of what I hear, at least, is one of the best sailing venues in the world, in the San Francisco Bay. I mean, 20, 25 knot winds every day over the summer. And so I um, I go out on a small 24 foot J24 and um have at it this this spring I'm planning on getting my kids out there and getting them trained up and so that's that's been that's been a focus on the on the fun you know fun side of things again love cooking and hanging out with the family we're big outdoor outdoor bus we live pretty close to the Napa River I've had my kids out in canoes and kayaks since they were you know 2 and 3 years old so that's that's, that's great that's, that's pretty much what we do So okay so then my my next question is um so uh, what I want to I want to get I know people know that you uh, had studied at UC Davis and all and um, you know I think um, believe it or not chemistry prior to that going into mm-hmm. uh, UC Davis has been some of the prerequisites for some of the some other major winemakers oddly enough you know uh, there are winemakers that studied chemistry and then got into viniculture uh, viniculture and uh, and enology so um, what you know. Is there uh, one particular person that influenced you? You can say, I mean, you know, it could be outside of the wine industry, it could be inside the wine industry, but one person that, you know, kind of motivated you or you felt like, you know, this is who I'd like to emulate? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, my um, my father-in-law, I give a lot of credit to in terms of my, my wine wine um, trajectory. You know, I was still living back east and... Um, was dating his daughter, obviously, at the time. We, were, we weren't married. Yes. And he was a home winemaker for many years and made great wines. And he worked a little bit at a winery called Ben Marl, which is in the Hudson River Valley in Marlboro, New York. And I used to go home mm-hmm. from I – I went to SUNY Stony Brook as an undergrad on Long Island. And, um, Long Island. I would go and, Long Island. <laughs> and I would go out and help. You know, I worked out in the vineyards there in the winter and helped out a bit in the spring on breaks and – and um, that's really where my, my initial interest, and at the time, you know, of course, studying chemistry, that light bulb went off and was like, hey, you know, I need to head out to um, to California. I should say, too, in terms of my Davis background, you know, I did not get a degree from Davis. You know, I had my right. bachelor's in chemistry from Stony Brook and went out and basically just, you know, took a bunch of viticulture and enology. I mean, I really, when I got to California, you know, I realized very quickly that you know, I wanted to get my hands dirty, you know, and get out and work under great winemakers, and and you know that that's where a good chunk of winemaking happens is down down and dirty in the cellar. Gotcha. So now, I, I guess so. Before we wrap up everything, because we only have a couple minutes left, I wanted to ask: Are there any events, anything going on with ZD Wine that you want to get out there and let people know about? Of course www.zdwines.com so people can go there. I have it actually in the chat room so people can click on it if they like and go check out your, your website. But is there anything going on you want to let everybody know about? Any special events coming up that you want to get out oh, there? Let's see, boy, here's another one. The marketing department will probably want to kill me after this <laughs> one. I, there's nothing off the top of my head. I know, I mean, we, we okay. sit down and talk about all these up-and-coming events. I would say definitely get on that website. We've been really working okay. to tweak it and make it better and easier to get around on. But, um, yeah, we always have a lot of great events. We, you know, we Our wine club, we really um, tend to cater to them, we do a lot. Of, we bring a lot of chefs from the area. And obviously, being in Napa Valley, we have a, um, tons of great restaurants right in our backyard. And you know, we'll do new releases occasionally and bring in a chef. We've got a great kitchen here at the winery, and they'll usually do it a great pairing. And um, yeah, well, all, all kinds of stuff going on. Excellent. Well, I listen. I want to thank you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. 
you craft some fantastic wines. I want to let everybody know that uh, you know the the main varietals, of course, the cabs and the uh, the shards and the Pinot Noir. But um, I know that you guys have a wine club. I would assume that people can get involved with. So I'm going to tell people to go to the website and check that out uh, and definitely get involved. And um, I have to have you back. Definitely have to have you back again. If you'll you'll come on and we'll we'll talk more about uh, wine, New York, California, and uh, and everything else under the sun. Okay, that sounds good, and I'll also extend a visit to you. I'm sure you make it out to wine country here and there. Don't um, don't be a stranger. Give me a give me a day's day's advance, and you know I'll set up a nice tour and taste, and go out to lunch, and um, show you show you around ZD. That would be awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you again, and um and we'll talk with you soon. Okay, Stu. Take care, Chris. All right. Bye bye. So that was Chris Pisani of ZD Wines. I want to thank him for being on the show. I want to thank everybody that uh, emailed and tweeted their questions in, as well as everyone in the chat room. Thank you for coming in and uh, and participating and listening in. Uh, that's the show for tonight. Uh, if you have any questions about ZD Wines, you can go to www.zdwines.com. Uh, if you have any questions about the show, you can go email them to info at studentwineguru.com. You can go to my website as well at www.studentwineguru.com and click on the link for all my wine articles, the videos, and to listen to archived wine talk shows coming up tomorrow night. Everybody come back tomorrow night for Paul Castronovo, the uh, radio personality, now new vintner of uh, some great wine, a Montepiciano Abruzzo, and he'll talk about radio as well as wine, and, uh, and we'll have a lot of fun. So tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern, make sure you're here. All right, thanks again, everybody. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stu the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.